Brian at the disco. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. So we were just watching PewDiePie play Fortnite for the first time, and he put in the title, I'm That Desperate. It's been a huge week for Fortnite, right? Between the Marshmallow concert, the Pro Bowl is going on, and you said that... Was it Marshmallow who was playing something on Fortnite? Uh, Tifu played with like Saquon Barkley, Mike Evans, just a bunch of Pro Bowlers. They had they set up at like NFL Bowl. players. Yeah, they were and playing they, Fortnite. Yeah, and then they had like Tifu go, but they they the NFL got Tifu to come. They got like Phase Scissors to come to play with them. It's like when they did that event where they would match pro players with celebrities. Yeah, yep. It was exactly like that, except just the NFL players. Well, Fortnite is that weird mix of. Esports, where you get the people who take it very seriously and stream it, are known only as gamers of Fortnite, like mm-hmm. Tifu. I've never watched Tifu or heard his music or whatever else he does. But then you get these celebrities who are not known for Fortnite, so it's this weird cross section of gaming where you don't get a lot of. PUBG doesn't really have that because they don't have a, a Drake character or a Ninja character. They just don't have the same kind of celebrity status as Fortnite. It's so mainstream these days. What made it. Because there's been other mainstream games that have been around for years. Halo was so mainstream for a couple years. Halo 1, 2, and 3. That when Call of Duty Modern Warfare came out, people were actually calling it the Halo Killer. That's how mainstream a game can get. That it's like, are we going to play something else other than this game? Like a whole social... If you were to go online and want to play a game with your friends, you have to play Fortnite. Realistically. If you want to play a serious game along with other people. Mm Mm-hmm. What made it so mainstream? Because you, you guys played it early on. What was kind of the appeal that got you into it, first it's, of all? It's the freemium aspect. So Fortnite is one of the new, unique games where you can just download it for free. It's called free-to-play, right? Free-to-play. Yeah, or otherwise, if you and your friends want to play a game how it used to be, you all have to go down to the store and spend $60 on the newest game. Right, like Halo or Call of Duty. Exactly. But wasn't... Another mainstream game that we were just talking about because it's actually past Fortnite on Twitch was League of Legends. Isn't League of Legends a free-to-play game? Yeah, it is. You played League of Legends, right? Uh, ages ago. How do they make money? What's the business model like? It's, How do they... It's the same as Fortnite. So it's free-to-play, but all the people that play for free, their character or whatever they're playing, it looks it's the default way to play it. And you spend money to customize your playing. Like, uh, like cosmetics. Cosmetic, exactly. Yeah. You have to pay for cosmetics. So they actually make their money back, but they make it on the back end, kind of. Yeah. So they don't make money off of you playing. They make money off of you wanting to be different. But do you think the majority of players end up paying for these cosmetic things, or are they just playing it on the free, no-paying stuff? Um, well, Fortnite has seasons, so they have a battle pass. So I would say... Like 80% of the players probably buy, at least buy the battle pass because it gives you an incentive to level up. And, you and what is a battle pass? Like how much does that cost? It's like in real world terms? $15. $15. Flat rate, not like monthly. No, just $15 and you for the whole season and you can like level up and each level up gets cool skins and like every season has like a special skin at the end. I so remember when the NFL did a thing. Yeah. I think you guys were actually doing this where you could rep your favorite team like yeah, dress you, up yeah, you could buy in the uniform of your favorite NFL team. Yep. A lot of those, like, kind of corporate things is what makes Fortnite special. Because you can't, you know, dress up as an NFL player on PUBG. Well, the you just cool look thing, like a weird Russian. Yeah. The cool thing is, though, um, crossplay is huge as well. What so is that? PC can play with PS4, can play with Xbox. And we've never seen that in any other game. Well, because before like it that. was... If it was an Xbox exclusive, it was just played on the Xbox. Everybody had to play it on the Xbox. 
But if you got it on different systems before, if you were to play something like, say, Rainbow Six Siege, mm -hmm. that's on a couple different consoles, right? I'm not, yeah. I, I don't so know a lot about that It's on PS4 one. and Xbox, yeah. But if you play PlayStation, you play with PlayStation people yes. on that game. It's not like you, you cross-section the way that Fortnite does. So it's like one gigantic pool of people from Fortnite. So you can play, no matter, even if your friend, play, if Kevin plays on PlayStation, and Connor, you were to play on Xbox. By the way, my name is Brian. This is the Brian at the Disco Podcast. If I didn't give that intro. You guys can actually join up and be social in the game together and interact with each other despite playing on different consoles. Mm -hmm. So there's been free-to-play games before. Has there been kind of a cross-sectional game before? Is that a thing? Or is that something that Fortnite specifically has pioneered? To be honest, I haven't seen one yet. No, other it's, than it's, Fortnite. it's brand new. And, and, and the fact, the biggest obstacle that they had to go through was to get Sony and Microsoft to huge gaming industry I bet. type companies to just come together and admit competition the, yeah and then say that this is what's best for for both of our companies and Sony didn't want to do it for the longest time so at one, Sony's PlayStation yes so PlayStation at one point could play with PC and Xbox could play with PC <laughs> but they couldn't play together I see but then somehow Fortnite swindled or Epic Games swindled their way into getting them both to <laughs> Play I mean, together. how it's normally been up until now is that uh, these companies, when they make games, they make it exclusively for their console. Right. It's like, for example... Kingdom Hearts is just played on whatever, PlayStation, I assume. And then Halo, for example, is only Xbox. Only Xbox. Gears of War, only Xbox. Nintendo games have only been Nintendo games. Exactly. Super Smash Brothers, you want to play that, you got to buy a Nintendo. Well, that's the whole point, is that they want you to get their system for their game. So, for example... If you were to buy the GameCube, that's a Nintendo thing. But if you want to play the newest Super Smash Brothers, the GameCube doesn't cut it. Not only do they make you get their thing, you make the you they make you get their newest thing. Mm -hmm. So the game becomes the incentive for the system rather than the system being the incentive for the game. It's not like you're going to get a GameCube and say, "Oh, what's a good game? Super Smash Brothers." You want to play Super Smash Brothers Melee. That's why you get the GameCube. It's the tail wagging the dog kind of deal. So with Fortnite with PC, how do they convince, how could they convince Xbox and PlayStation to play with PC and to play with each other? Is, it, is there a profitability in that? Because if free-to-play games, you don't have to play, pay it all on Xbox, you don't have to pay it all to play PlayStation. Do you think maybe people are getting the systems to play Fortnite on them? Um, I, think, no. I think the people that want to play Fortnite already have their system. Yeah. I mean, most likely... They can use anything. Like you can use a you can use a laptop. You can use a Mac. You can use your phone. <laughs> yeah, you can even they have use Fortnite your phone, Mobile. My goodness! Right? Like, and it's you can so you can available. use your phone and play with PC guys if you want. That's why it's, it's so available. You know. So I would say they must have cut some kind of money value. Well, it's probably that if you were to buy a skin on something like say PlayStation, a lot of that probably goes to Epic Games who make. Fortnite design the stuff mm -hmm. come out with the season. But a portion of that has to go somewhere. Sony one, you know, and Xbox, Microsoft, they gotta get yeah. their cut. You yeah. know what I mean? Everybody's and that's like the only way I can see them connecting that. Because then there'd be no incentive of buying a PS4 to play with your PS4 friends. Exactly. On Fortnite. So what is it about Fortnite specifically? I know we've talked about the free-to-play stuff. But I personally think that Drake playing with Ninja... And we've talked about how the celebrities and the gamers have come together. That was kind of the first of its kind. I remember that being in the news cycle for like a week. Where people couldn't stop talking about, oh my god, you see rappers actually 
play video games and have virgin energy like us. <laughs> Can you believe it? <laughs> for, for the first time, you know, we had this eSport player, Ninja, who's, who's very commonly known in this uh, eSports community. Well, he's been around for a while, but he's not, yeah. he's not someone he, who's really he's, broken through until recently. Yeah, he's, he's now the face of Fortnite for sure. But for the first time, we had a, him play live with someone from the actual sports community, from a, one of the football teams, Juju, Juju, right? This is from the Steelers, right? Yeah, yeah. Juju Smith. And Juju. he also played with Drake, uh, someone from the music industry. And all the people that love Drake, they Drake sent out a post like, hey, I'm doing this with Ninja. And the same thing with uh, the football player. Juju. So just all those people now getting introduced to this world of esports. I think it turned really quickly because as soon as he started playing with Drake, other celebrities said, holy shit, Drake's getting like positive attention for doing something that I just kind of chill and do. Why can't I get a little bit of... Pub-? There was rappers coming out. Am I, am I wrong about that? Lil Uzi Vert, wasn't he? Or not Lil Uzi Vert, God. Lil Yachty started playing with them and stuff. All these celebrities, the floodgates just opened up for celebrities to be like, you know what, yeah, I'll play with... Uh, you just I'll play without like any Ws. You can just do it from your house. And it's yeah. free publicity. Exactly. All you have to do is just say, hey, Ninja, I'm also kind of... I've got this big following, you got a big following, let's hang out at our houses separate and just talk about it. Well, also, what's so appealing about it, I think, to the celebrities is that it kind of gives them an opportunity to seem human without having to play by kind of the press's rules. Mm -hmm. If you're Drake and you want to go out and plug an album, you need to go to all these radio stations and talk about it, and you need to do all these print magazines, but you kind of need to play within their parameters. Whereas if you just play with Ninja, he's not, Ninja's not asking Drake questions about the album. Drake isn't really asking Ninja that many questions about the game. They're both just kind of chilling. It's like, a, it's a weird fly on the wall thing where you can just kind of listen in and it's not like Drake is talking about, you know, all his great songs that we all know from Drake. He's just being Drake. He's just playing the video. It's Drake's voice. It's like, dude, that's pretty cool. It's, it's just Drake like, approached Ninja, by the way. It was not the other way around. Yeah, it's just like a great informal setting to like meet someone, you know? Yes. Especially someone that you've never met before. It's not awkward because you, you're both doing something. It's probably also fun for the celebrities because anytime they go out... When you're mainstream famous like Jake Drake, anytime you go out in public, there are people reacting to the fact that you're Drake who have never met you before. right? So you cannot have a real conversation with anybody. So it's almost like when you play this video game, you can be authentic. You can drop your guard a little bit. And you can connect to your fans in a way. It really works out for the celebrities, but obviously, as we've seen... It's worked out real well for Ninja. He was on the cover of ESPN Magazine. He was the first esports gamer to ever do that. Fortnite is now this humongous esports thing. And now he's got his own commercial with uh, Tom Brady. <laughs> we were just talking <laughs> about Pain Man. That, that he's doing a commercial during the Super Bowl with all these, like Roger Goodell, the commissioner, and all these major, major athletes, and Ninja, this guy who plays Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very, very weird thing. And also, um, we were actually both just watching this earlier, Connor. We watched Marshmello's virtual concert, where Marshmello is obviously a DJ who protects his face, and he did a digital concert in Fortnite, where he would DJ and people could come watch him do that. It's really a unique thing. I think they got 10 million. 10, 10, million. 10 million people that. were logged into Fortnite in the concert mode watching this concert Concurrently, live. all yeah, at once. All at once. That's not like a total number. Damn. And that's, 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 that's not to count like people on Twitch that were watching like streamers. That's just people that were logged into Fortnite. It was it was a big thing. Imagine just being home and like call your friends like, "Hey, you going to the concert in a little bit?" <laughs> like, you never yeah. have to leave your house. <laughs> yeah, get on your TV. You know, get on your Xbox. We're going to go to the uh, Marshmallow concert. 
What's so appealing also about watching people play video games with Twitch specifically is that there's no real pressure on you. When you play video games, especially a competitive game like Fortnite, there's a little bit of pressure on you. When you watch someone who's good at it, it takes away all your learning and all your negativity around it and all the pressure of it so you can just kind of enjoy the game as it is. I like, I personally like watching people play video games. I know a lot of other people would look at people watching Ninja on Twitch and say, God, you, you're not even playing video games, you're watching someone play a game? Do you think that's a legitimate criticism? Do you guys watch people play video games? I mean, the reason that people, you know, like some people like to watch more than play, it just comes down to like, Muscle memory. So muscle memory and playing games is probably the hardest thing to learn. Right. It's just like you know what you need to do. It's just trying to get yourself to do it. And when you just watch someone else play, you get all the pleasures of seeing the game play like how you want it to. Except just... I didn't even think about that. But there's also that aspect where people can learn how to play from watching Ninja. Yeah. That they can themselves go into the swag on their friends and do, you know... A shotgun 360 but, build at the same time. But even time. if you watch Ninja all day long and you go and play, you're not going to be Ninja, you know? No, exactly. Yeah. But, uh... So we can move on from that. We don't need to talk about esports the whole time. I don't want to force it. Super Bowl is going on today. By the time we post this, it'll probably be over. So whatever predictions we say, we're oh, either going to look okay. like galaxy brain guys or... <laughs> I did a podcast with Wyatt up in Tallahassee as this Penn State college game was going on. Penn State was way up. And Wyatt and I were like, oh my god, dude, Penn State's looking so good. They're killing it this year. They're probably going to go to the national championship. And Penn State lost. So by the time it posted it, I was listening to it. And I was like, oh my gosh, we sound so disconnected from reality. Because the whole conversation is, wow, dude, Penn State blew it. And we're just like, wow, bro, Penn State's looking like they can win the national championship. <laughs> so with that, with that being said, who do you think is going to win? Oh, who does my head say? Obviously, my head is betting on the bank. You know what I mean? You bet on the house always. You always bet on the, the house. The Patriots. Yeah. They've won it before. Tom, Tom Brady. Brady has won it before. Bill, Bill Belichick, Belichick has run it yeah. before. They have been here, what is it, five Super Bowls, Connor? You'd know this better than I would. What, how many wins they have or how many Tom Super Brady. Bowls have they gone to? How many wins do they have? I think he has five. Oh, he's about to get a ring for the next hand. He's, <laughs> yeah, he has, he's moving on to the left he has, hand. He has four or five for sure. That's filthy. How many times do you think he's been to the Super Bowl? I think it was like... Eight. I, oh. think it's, I think he's been eight times. In one career. Imagine, imagine like you're that good to the point where like a season comes by and you don't get to the Super Bowl. You're just like, you're like let down, you know? Like, oh man, yeah. I should be in the Super Bowl right now. Getting to the uh, the playoffs but then losing once. That's a terrible season for yeah. Tom Brady. Whereas other people are like, dude, I got to the playoffs. You're telling your grandkids yeah. about it. It's like it's like the moment of your life. And like if you get to the Super Bowl moment of your life, Tom Brady's like, oh, I didn't go this year. <laughs> it's just another day on the job for him. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I've been here. I've done Oh, this. he's been there, what, the past three years? In a row? Yeah. That's filthy. He went last yeah, year. Right. Last year he lost to the Eagles. Yeah. The year before that he beat who? The they beat Seahawks. The, the Falcons. Right? Oh, the Falcons. They yeah, the twenty twenty-three. Oh my god, that game was amazing. And then twenty fourteen, they they beat the Seahawks. Dude, Tom Brady's resume is deep. That being said, my heart says the Rams. I want the Rams to win so bad. It's, it's usually how, how Super Bowls are with the Patriots, though. It's like Patriots fans rooting for the Patriots, and then like the rest of the world roots for the opposite team. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I haven't depends, seen... Depends if you like an underdog or not. Everybody or likes an like underdog. A, no, you can, no, not necessarily. You can either like an underdog, or you can like a legend. Oh, bandwagoners is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I'll say it's more bandwagon. I'm, they're not my team, but I want them to win because I like a good story. I like a good legend. 
Like you're bet you you want like, Tom Brady to win. You know, like the old people now, they talk about like football and like the Miami Dolphins, for example. Everyone's like, oh, they were so good for one season. Like thirty years from now, everyone's gonna be talking about the Patriots. The, the most yeah. interesting thing, Brady. though, is that if you look at if you look at polls and stuff on Twitter, right, that are posted, it's like, who do you want to win? <laughs> it will always be like sixty eight percent Rams and then like a thirty two percent like <laughs> Patriots, right? Yeah. But then there's like other polls where who do you think will win? And you know, like it's all, it's like the Patriots are like fifty eight because like the thing everything just shifts because it's not who you want to win, it's who you think. Well, the thing is that the Patriots are the overwhelming favorites. So, anything that is not the Patriots totally dominating them is a good game. Most people just want a good game. Most people actually don't care. I think actually this is a year where people were talking about boycotting it and stuff. A lot of people don't care about the NFL anymore. Let's just be honest. And there's the question now, if you're not a Rams fan or a Patriots fan, do you have enough invested to watch the entire game? To get through those million dollar commercials that they're putting up? Personally... I'm probably going to watch it, but if it's a blowout, no one will watch it. It's over, right? If it's a blowout, I watch the whole thing. Regardless. I would say if everybody's going to watch the whole... Most people will watch the whole thing. Most because the people that said they were going to boycott the NFL are still watching the NFL now. Yes. Like, <laughs> like people's fathers who are like, I'm boycotting the NFL. Week three, they, they subscribe to Sunday Ticket. If it's taking yeah. up space in your head, you're, you're thinking so, about it more, you're going into it more. I think that, you're right. There's a weird yeah. reversal with people who say... They're boycotting. Actually, you're watching more than ever. Yeah, they're they're, they're they boycotted like the first two weeks. Their team won a game, and then they're like, "Oh my god, my team's good." <laughs> yeah, I'm it's not like, boycotting. Because imagine that you watch you watch NFL every year, right? And all of a sudden, you're like, "Okay, I'm boycotting the NFL because of the kneeling during the pledge of the, yeah, the national whatever NFL, the controversy, right?" Is. And then you're like, oh shit, my team's going to the playoffs. Do I watch? <laughs> of course you're going to watch. Your team's going to the playoffs. <laughs> so you lived your whole life for it. Come on. Yeah, Eagles fans were watching this year hard. Oh, yeah. Third to fifth. It's going to be the Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. The terrible regular season. They made the playoffs. They did make the playoffs. In the back of Nick Foles. My man. Killing it. He's absolutely killing it. My predict the bold prediction. I think no one is surprised. Patriots. I think we all think the Patriots are going to win. Now we're all going to look stupid as hell in the Rams. Be, <laughs> the Rams have a really good defense, but but defense, Tom Brady, Tom Brady does kind of have a, a tendency to run over good defenses. It's so simple. He just has a couple decent receivers and he just hits them. They don't ever go for like massive twenty yard plays unless they have to. Consistent. Shorter plays, pass plays, and they just they just complete it. This, this is why the Rams spent so much money though on this this last this past season. They spent like eighty, I think it was eighty million more than any other team to solidify their defense. To well, play also a new team, right? So they have to spend more just to be competitive. Well, they're not a new team. They're a new city. That's what I mean. Like, yeah, but they had a really good team already. Oh okay. Um, I never. They were the St. Louis, and now they're the. Yeah, now they're Los Angeles. St. <laughs> Louis is definitely but it's, it's, for the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, they are. There's a non-Patriots fan that are rooting for them. <laughs> That's true. Like, oh, they used to be my team until they left me. <laughs> In the state of Missouri, <laughs> <laughs> whole state's pissed. Yeah, but uh, it's also I want to kind of bring the subject over to something very much in Kevin's wheelhouse, because Kevin is the local expert on superhero movies. Okay. And it's been a big year for superhero movies because I don't know if you know this or not. Black Panther 
is the first superhero movie ever nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. It, it did do... The picture was great. The soundtrack was great, too. It got nominated for Best Song. The best... Yeah. I remember do you think it'll win? Best Song? There, I remember there's one point... I haven't seen it in a while, but I did see it in the theaters when it came out. And there's this one point where, like, it zooms out to, like, the... The city of Wakanda or is the country of Wakanda? Either way, it zooms out and it shows you like the whole city and it's just this badass song playing. The CGI was deep in yes. this movie. It was a very sleek movie. Yes. Marvel movies are good like that because they're not afraid to flex their CGI and make that the focus. Most movies kind of use the special effects as a background to frame the characters, whereas Marvel's like, check out Wakanda for like 30 seconds. So Black Panther is great, but like, I think the better one uh, this, this past year that came out was the new Avengers. The third Avengers movie was a huge box office hit. I mean, not as much as Black Panther. Black Panther made an ungodly amount of money. It's like the mm-hmm. third biggest box office ever. Avengers, of course, it's the Avengers. You know yes. What Marvel has done that I think to most people has kind of set them apart is that they made one combined universe for all their superheroes. Mm-hmm. So it's not like if you're doing a Spider-Man series like Sony was, that that kind of stands apart from all these others, that you need to act like, oh, all of a sudden he decided to wear a costume, and it's this weird thing. If you have Iron Man coming before and kind of teaching the Spider-Man like you did in one of the past Marvel movies, it gives it kind of more continuity, where it's not like this kid is just deciding to be a superhero out of nowhere. He's getting there are superheroes. They allude to the first Avengers movie in a lot of the other Marvel films. Saying, whoa, bro, you know what happened in New York? Oh, it's like they're actually talking about... Mm-hmm. Where, as in most of these superhero movies, they're kind of self-contained. Even in the Batman films, there's a little self... Uh, they kind of self-reference themselves well, D- a little bit. DC but... has kind of created their own world now, too. Well, I think what happened... What was is... the name of their movie? Where they had um, all, their, all their superheroes together? A Justice League. So they had Justice League, and they also had Batman vs. Superman. So they're kind of getting into it. Well, what I think... I don't think it's as strong as Marvel. But the thing is... It start. It came from a different place, but it's also inspired by Marvel. In that DC, their big breakthrough superhero movies that they've tried to model all their other ones after that were dark and serious were the original Batman films. Mm-hmm. But the reason those original three Batman films were so great is because of Christopher Nolan. They bring in someone like Zack Snyder, who's a good director and makes good movies like Watchmen. And he makes a good Man of Steel. That was a decent movie. But as soon as they start bringing in the other characters... It's tough to balance the dark, serious, real tone with all these superheroes. They, they, those don't mix. Marvel does a good thing where they keep it kind of superhero they, they, they keep it light. You know what I mean? But if you have this gritty Batman suddenly meeting Superman, it takes you out of it a little bit. It's like, wait a minute. This isn't Heath Ledger's Joker. This is suddenly Henry Cable can lift 20 tanks. It changes the goalposts a little bit. And DC has tried to become like Marvel in that they want to combine all their superheroes, but it just doesn't meld with the creative vision of, like, Batman. Mm-hmm. Those Batman movies were great because it's not like they're talking about, mm, bro, what, how about what happened to Superman? They just deal with, like, a real city. I think they did a good job because what ma- makes Batman great is because he doesn't have superhero powers. That's what he, That's why everyone likes Batman, because he's the most relatable. Yeah. It's like, but the, the appeal of superhero movies is, wow, I, I could do that. You know, yeah. like, I could be that. I could be something more. And Batman's the most appealing because he's the one without any real powers. Yeah. Like, oh, if you just have some money, you put on a suit, you go fight crime, you're a hero. Yeah. Well, it also plays into the whole mythology of the alter ego, where how do you make a mythology out of wearing a Why do they wear the mask? Why do they need this anonymity? And if you make him an average person, that anonymity becomes a whole different thing where he could be anybody, where he is kind of every... They played this whole symbol in the second one where he's like... 
he's a symbol and we don't right. have to fear Dark Knight Rises yeah Dark Knight Rises did the same thing where they yeah. kind of made a symbol out of it where they didn't just have it as Clark Kent suddenly you know he puts on glasses all of a sudden <laughs> I, I like the end of it where um, he explains why he wears the mask it's, yeah it's not for himself you know it's so that he can be the hero that the city needs at that moment yes. he can be the villain he can be the good guy he'll be whatever you need yeah playing into the whole like vigilanteism but he's wearing the mask why does he wear the mask Getting like these really deep themes out of it. Mm-hmm. So Black Panther, kind of to take it way back, um, is the third highest box office movie of all time. It's massive. It's way bigger earner than any of the other pictures nominated for Best Picture. That being said, do you would you guys think Black Panther actually has a chance of winning Best Picture since it's nominated? What are, What are the other nominations? Do you know? We'll look it up real quick. I'll look it up. Okay. Well, I, was, I want to talk about um, the new Avengers movie. The third one, yes. Yeah. So, the reason I think that one stands out the most is like the best. Avengers Infinity War. Yes, Infinity War. Right. Is that I think they really took a turn from the normal plot line of a hero, like a superhero movie. In what way? So, in the way that, you know, the ending is always the superhero wins, the villain gets beaten. And uh, it's it's like a happy ending, more or less. Well, it's a very it's very formulaic as far as exactly. It's, there's a rise. It's a, it's a good a... world. The superhero either it, it's if it's an origin story, he's not around. If it isn't, he's there. It's a good world. Upsetting action. The villain does something that yeah. makes them stand out that upsets the world, mm-hmm. and it just looks bleaker and bleaker for the hero until at the last second they turn it around and the hero pulls it out somehow, defeating this overpowering, strong. Godlike character somehow yeah. they pull it out. That's and the formula. There's some. There's like an equation that Star Wars uses, superhero movies use. Yes. So you have this. You have this hero who discovers his powers, right? Mm-hmm. And then he gets a call to action, and he goes. And there's turmoil along the way, right? And eventually, it leads up to a climax where he has to make a decision, like. Like, Damn, bro, you're playing into the uh, the hero with a thousand faces. The yeah, whole thing with yeah. Luke Skywalker and there's, Star there's Wars. There's steps. I, I, yeah. I listened to a podcast on it. There's like 20 steps that the Star Wars line always follows. And same right. with superhero movies. Well, it's, a, it's just a, it's a just, hero it's just mythology. What, yeah, it's just what... like It's over time they've developed this. Like, what makes a great story? Right. And it, it does. Like, well, also these are just human nature just loves that. You know? It's kind of like the tail wagged the dog in a way. Because it's these oral stories that we had before... If you look at like Gilgamesh mm-hmm. and the Odyssey and what yeah. the similarities Iliad. between all these, the Iliad, all these old mythology, Beowulf, what do all these stories have in common? The hero with a thousand faces is finding very broad kind of generalizations of what the journey that all these heroes walk mm-hmm. on, a similar journey within all of them. So if we apply that to Avengers, kind of with the superhero mythology also thrown in, but what is it about... Avengers that broke from that formula. Where's the difference? So yeah, so you have all these stories over all these thousands of years that we know that are popular still to this day. Yes. You take the theme from them, you extract it, you make it into an equation for what makes a good story. Right? That makes Thor all of a sudden kicking. Uh, exactly. So what? What the Marvel, bad guys ass. What Marvel did on this new one is that they flipped that scriptic story on its head, and the ending. Your favorite characters that you've known throughout this whole twenty-year Marvel Universe process—you mm-hmm. know—they're no longer there. They and lose. They, and they, they die. Has, they, they suddenly lose. start killing off characters. They lose to the villain. Yeah, the and, villain, the bad guy wins. And then all of a sudden, that's just that's it. That's where they leave you. Yeah. Right? And now you got to wait another year, another year and a half until they finish what they started. Yes. And it's like, what's gonna happen? In that vein, though, and it might not be to the size of the Marvel films. 
Watchmen does very much the same yes. thing for the superhero. Uh, I would genre. love to talk about Watchmen. We talking about it right Watch- now. Watchmen is my favorite superhero movie of you, all time. You just talked about the fact that what made Avengers so great is that the bad guy won. The bad guy won in Watchmen, yes. but it was also a happy ending. Yeah, that's the moral ambiguity there is crazy. So the whole time you think he's this villain in Watchmen, and then at the end the character Ozymandias. Ozymandias, you think he's a villain, and at the very end you you understand why he's a villain and you accept it. You're just like that makes sense to me. Like the good guys agree with him, Doctor Manhattan. But they like, the, the good guys hate that they agree with him, and yes. they not not all of them agree with them. Right, Rorschach. Disagree. Rorschach walks out right. and says, uh, "What's his famous quote? Uh, do it, do it, yeah. do it." <laughs> but even before that, he's like, uh, "Never, never uh, compromise, not never compromise. in the face of yes. annihilation, something like that." It's like he he was true to his roots. He he knew that Ozymandias was the villain. And he refused to compromise and accept Ozymandias' plan. To lie. To lie. Just because it goes against his morals. It goes against his set of beliefs that him as a hero believes. Night Owl, another one of the characters, when Ozymandias... What Ozymandias did was he used Dr. Manhattan, who's like this godlike character's power, to blow up what looks like a nuke during the Cold War between the USSR and the USA in major cities. So that the USSR and the USA are no longer in a cold war against each other. Mm -hmm. They team up on Dr. Manhattan. So the bad guy's plan is to get the superhero to be the bad guy. But it works. It stops the cold war. Yeah. So there's a lot of... Wait a minute. Are we supposed to... There's one part where Night Owl says it's peace, but it's peace built on a lie. Yeah. Like, it's peace nonetheless. The reason Watchmen is just such a great movie is that it places this um, superhero timeline in the middle of actual human events like the cold war it puts it like in, in a historical context yes a historical context in the beginning of the movie just like when it's going through the credits, credits the opening the credits yeah it, it shows Kent State it shows like JFK getting assassinated it yes. shows um, Tenement Square it shows like the guards with the rifles and the girl putting the flower Kent State yeah 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 okay exactly it's just like wow like I can see this being real I can see this being an alternate way that the history of the world happened yes because a, a good example of that is during the JFK assassination they have one of the characters in the grassy knoll with yeah, a gun yeah. after it's, killing exactly. Kennedy it pans over and he's just sitting there and he's got like he's got a big he, cigar in his mouth yeah, yeah. It's, it's not the guy in the window you know it's the guy it's in the grassy it's not Lee Harvey Oswald yeah. it's uh, the comedian <laughs> yeah uh. Watchmen is an excellent movie because it does flip also it makes the superheroes not as one-dimensional. They're not these characters who are in the service of something. They're troubled, fucked-up people too. Yeah, Rorschach it's, is this character. It's a dark movie. Who Rorschach, who's this character who has kind of the clearest morals of any of them, is also almost kind of a villain. The way he's, he just—he's almost he, homeless. He's he's a bum. Yeah, because that's how a real superhero would be. Yeah, he's he lives on bum. the streets, and no one no one understands why he's the way he is, but. He just lives on the streets. That is his life. He talks about how he was eating a dead bird at the beginning of the movie. It's so creepy. Yeah. Watchmen, if you haven't watched it, it really flips the genre on its head, and it's a great superhero movie. Play Fortnite, and uh, other than that, I will catch y'all next. Is there anything you guys want to plug, like your Twitters or anything, before we log off? Anything you want people to check out? I'm good. No? All right. Well, Connor, thank you for being here. Kevin, thank you for being here. And I will see y'all next time. Peace! It's bright as disco. Bright as the disco. Bright as disco. <laughs> T-Series, I'm coming for you. <laughs> <laughs>